The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last month, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of a major milestone, uh, not only in our country's history, but in the history of uh, the world. Does anyone remember what that was? The moon landing, that's right. Um, this is not a trick question, uh, nor is it a hypothetical question, uh, and there are no right or wrong answers, but I would like you to just reflect for a minute. Why do you think that event captured our imaginations so profoundly, um, not only 50 years ago, but so much that we, of course, remember it now 50 years on? What are some of the things that come to mind for you uh, when I ask that question? New frontier. It seemed impossible. Sorry? It seemed impossible. Oh, it seemed impossible? Yeah. Other ideas? The unknown. The unknown. One more? Or not? Fear, fear of failure? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The, great answers. And all of them. Uh, tie into one of the things I want to lift up about that event, uh, for reasons which I hope will become apparent, is that, that the moon landing, the Apollo mission, followed um, the pattern that is deeply ingrained, I think, in, in our, us as human beings, and certainly is deeply ingrained in all kinds of literature um, and stories, some of them that actually happened, like the Apollo mission, some of them uh, fairy tales and, and myths, but it, it follows the pattern of a story uh, called the hero's journey. And the hero's journey, simply put, is um, when a hero, or in this case, 
multiple heroes, not only the astronauts, but also all those supporting them, um, start in a place that is familiar and comfortable, in this case, the Earth, and then they courageously journey or venture to a place that is unknown, that's unfamiliar, and on the way there, they have to uh, overcome obstacles and difficulties and challenges. In fairy tale terms, they have to, to meet the dragon or slay the dragon. And for all the reasons and many more that you just mentioned, the Apollo mission follows that pattern beautifully. And as I mentioned, this pattern, the, the hero's journey, can be found in all kinds of, of fairy tales, in all kinds of myths, in all kinds of stories in our history. The Arthurian legend, the search for the Holy Grail is wrapped up in that story. Anyone familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings? That story absolutely follows that pattern. More recently, although gosh, it's all, all the way back in the 1970s for the original one, the, the whole Star Wars franchise uh, follows it, and actually George Lucas very intentionally followed it. To be clear, the hero's journey doesn't need to be a geographic journey, although it can be. It certainly was partially that with the Apollo mission. It could be other geographic, uh, you know, explore, explorations like going to the bottom of the sea or something, but it could also be other types of frontiers. It could be, for example, scientific uh, inquiry where we expand our, our knowledge, or it could be uh, moral growth or, or, or change. We think of, for example, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King in the last century who helped us as a country uh, move to a more perfect place or begin to move to a more perfect place as it, as it related to the equality of races. Now, you may say, that's fascinating, Tim, but why the heck are you bringing that up here at church on Sunday morning? Here's why. I'm bringing it up this particular Sunday morning. We had a great gospel reading, uh, which I could have talked about, but I was sort of more captured by the first reading, which comes from Hebrews. And in that part of Hebrews, the author is talking about uh, a lot of people who make these kinds of hero's journey. And the Bible is filled with those types of stories. In particular, um, the reading we had today lifts up the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, their story is actually reflected in the, the panel, the artistic panel uh, directly opposite me, the one with the blue field and the 12 stars, which represent the 12 star, uh, tribes of Israel, which come ultimately out of Abraham and Sarah's willingness to go on their own hero's journey. So uh, the first verse of our reading from Hebrews, this is actually at the top of your bulletins as the pull quote. This is chapter 11, verse 8. Here's what it says. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out, and very importantly this, not knowing where he was going. I will remind you that at that point, Abraham and Sarah were old, they were in their familiar country, the familiar land, their comfortable home. They had no reason to change anything. And yet God says to them, I have something I want you to do. I have a place I want you to go. 
And he doesn't show, God does not show Abraham and Sarah brochures to this place, right? It says in the verse, to a place he did not know. And so Abraham and Sarah set off from the familiarity of their home, the comfort of their home, and they go on this journey to an unknown place and they have to face the dragons and obstacles and difficulties and challenges, all of which you can read about in Genesis. And as I say, in this portion of Hebrews, there are a lot of other examples of these uh, heroes and heroines of our faith that the author of Hebrews lifts up. <clears throat> At which point, you may ask a second question for me, which is, okay, Tim, I understand why you thought of this, but what does that have to do with me? That was a long time ago. How does that relate to my life today? Here's how. I believe deeply that God is not done calling God's people on these types of heroes' journeys. And today, you are reminded that, do you know who he's calling? You. He's inviting and challenging and calling you, calling us to go on this hero's journey, if nothing else, from the comfort and familiarity of today to the unknown foreign land of where? Tomorrow. And God is inviting us, always inviting us, to work together to ensure that tomorrow looks a little bit more like God's kingdom than yesterday did. Is a little more loving a little more filled with forgiveness, a little more filled with grace. And so for me, when I read these stories of the heroes and heroines of our faith who lived before us and who were willing to go on their own hero's journeys and face difficulties and obstacles to step out in faith, to step out in courage, it encourages me. It inspires me to reflect that, well, if they did it, then maybe... In some small way, I can as well. Now, a final thought. I've mentioned that the Bible is filled with these heroes' journeys, which it is, and we draw strength and inspiration from each and every one of them. But in a deeper way, I would argue that the Bible is actually the story of a hero's journey, namely God's hero's journey. What do I mean by that? As Christians, we believe that Jesus is who? The Son of God. And so when Jesus becomes one of us through the incarnation, when Jesus joins us in this life and all of its brokenness, what is Jesus doing? He's moving from the comfort and familiarity of being God and coming to this unfamiliar, foreign, distant land. Yes, God made this world, but God did not make it the way it is fallen and broken and filled with pain and grief and challenges. So Jesus joins us here to stand in solidarity with us, to be among us, to experience life as we experience it. And then, very importantly, Jesus goes on a further hero's journey while he is here, which takes him from life to where? To the cross and into the unknown, unfamiliar territory of death, where he does what? 
as, as this is always what happens with heroes' journeys. These heroes, they move to a foreign, unfamiliar place and they establish a beachhead. They establish space that allows other people to follow behind them and join them. So today, as you are once again invited to go on your own hero's journey, I pray that as you make that journey, you may be inspired and encouraged by the people in the Bible who went on their own journeys, and also that you may make that journey with confidence, knowing that at the end of it, Jesus will be there waiting for you. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and loving God, you invite each and every one of us to go on a journey in this lifetime to make this world more like your kingdom. We pray today that you will use the example of those who have gone before us to give us strength and courage as we make our own journeys, and that you give us the peace and confidence to know that at the end of all of our traveling, we will come back home to you. And all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.